On the night of February 25, 1964, my future wife Anita and I were sitting in Crawford Gym on the campus of Edinburgh State College, located in northwestern Pennsylvania, where we watched our basketball team defeat Gannon from nearby Erie on a desperation shot at the buzzer. After the game, we walked through the remnants of Lake Effect snow to my car, a 1953 Oldsmobile that cost me $35 and looked and ran like a tank. Once in the car, I asked Anita if she wouldn't mind if I had turned on the radio to see if I could find out who had won the heavyweight championship bout fought that evening in Miami Beach. I explained to her that Cassius Clay, a loudmouthed challenger who not only bragged about knocking out his opponents but predicted the round, was fighting a menacing Sonny Liston who held the crown and no doubt had given Clay the beating of his life. Anita hated boxing, thought it too violent, but said she didn't mind as long as the fight was over. Thanks to my father, I love boxing. When I was a kid, my father took me to his favorite beer joint on fight nights where we watched boxing greats like Archie Moore and Rocky Marciano on television. I was also growing up in Pittsburgh, a city famous for its boxing champions, including the legendary Harry Greb and the popular Billy Kahn. While I was thrilled that night by Edinburgh's miracle finish against Gannon, I was far less thrilled when I found out that the upstart Clay had defeated Liston in a stunning upset. I was even more disturbed in the days ahead when the new heavyweight champion declared that he had become a member of the Nation of Islam and had changed his name to Muhammad Ali. I'd grown up in Pittsburgh on the south side, at that time a shot in a beer working class neighborhood defined by its ethnic enclaves, its steel mill toughness, and its deep distrust of minorities. Early in life, I developed a racial intolerance that carried over into my love of sports, and that included not only boxing, but our national pastime. A decade before brash Muhammad Ali exposed my youthful intolerance, I'd struggled to accept Roberto Clemente, arguably the greatest athlete ever to play baseball in Pittsburgh, and I wasn't alone. Early in his career, sports writers exaggerated and made fun of Clemente's style of play and his accent. Going into the 1960 World Series, his performance was denigrated in Life magazine as a Latin American variety of showboating. Look at numero uno, he seems to be saying. When the Pirates won the 1960 World Series, Clemente, who had an MVP-worthy season, believed that he'd finally won the acceptance and respect of sports writers and fans. All that changed when, months later, he found out that he didn't win the National League MVP award. It went to his teammate, Dick Grote, and they had finished a distant eighth in the balloting. Convinced that race and heritage had determined the vote, Clemente went on to play baseball in the 1960s, as if it were a form of punishment for those who slighted him. He also began to speak out against racial intolerance. Clemente believed that Latino ballplayers were a minority within a minority, treated in the 1960s the way African-American players were treated in the 1950s. He stated publicly that Latinos were commonly and unfairly treated by the press and fans as temperamental, lazy, and even cowardly in pressure situations. Pride drove Roberto Clemente to greatness, but the recognition of that greatness didn't come until his flawless play in the Pirates' victory in the 1971 World Series. Pride also drove Muhammad Ali, but the recognition of his greatness didn't come until his 1967 conviction for draft evasion was overturned in 1971 by the Supreme Court, and he went on to defeat first Joe Frazier, then George Foreman, to reclaim his heavyweight title. Clemente and Ali achieved greatness as athletes but their true greatness went beyond the baseball diamond and the boxing ring. 
when Clemente died in a plane crash while trying to bring supplies to earthquake victims in Nicaragua, it was his humanity that transformed him into an icon. When Ali battled Parkinson's disease over the years, it was his indomitable spirit that made him seem larger than life. No two athletes are more deserving of our respect and admiration. They were the greatest. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.